Hi, my name is Truck. Welcome to Tales from Truck City. stationed here year-round and so the planes they just fly all over the place where whenever there's a fire we run and the, the planes come in they run and then we just load them with the retardant so we got to keep up with times because everything in the government's worth with a contract so just the little airplanes they come with with all this paperwork that we got to keep up with they've been in, they were in Montana last week um, all over Montana they were in New Mexico Arizona all that stuff so so we keep times here, and then we kind of keep up with them. They're messing with a program called uh, AFF that tells us where all the tankers are in the nation. We can see where they're flying and how they're flying, including helicopters and stuff. So. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It, we've gotten a lot. It, every, in the past 10 years, things have gotten more advanced to where we can kind of keep up with things a lot better. Because, I mean, every minute, that every hour that thing flies is $2,800. The big ones... Every hour they fly can be up to $13,000 an hour. Some of them are th- seven dollars to $8,000 an hour. So, so we want to know where they're at so we can get the best use out of them. Wow, so, that's expensive. It is expensive, yeah. I'd pay for your college, buddy. One day. Yeah. This stuff, this is the backside, is what we call it, and all this stuff, this big compressor, uh-huh. is what we use to stir the retardant up. So we have a pump here. These three tanks are all full of retardant, and then that other one is full of water. So what happens with the retardant is it tries to come apart. Um, it, ha- mm-hmm. it has to stay in suspension. So we have to add water. Uh, we have to mix it up, agitate it, and then we put air in it. And on this fitting right here, going all the way down the middle of the tank is a a big piece of PVC with holes drilled in it. And when we put mm-hmm. air in it, it just makes that whole thing boil and roll over. So we do that about every two or three days to make sure that it stays in suspension because if not, it'll come apart. So retardant is uh, a gum thickening agent. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, what is rust made out of? Uh, iron oxide. There you go. Thank you. Iron oxide and performance enhancers. So the iron oxide is the color. That's where you get the color. It's just rust. The performance enhancers uh, are the salts and the fertilizers that are in the retardant. So this, the retardant clings to the, the fuels mm-hmm. and keeps the fire from burning in and burning through it. And then the gum thickener just holds it together. Because Have you ever thrown a, a cup of water out of a moving car and it just yeah. blows all over the place? That's mm-hmm. what this would do if we didn't put the gum thickener in it. So, You want to see what it looks like? Sure. Is this the tank? Yep, this is we're on top of that tank we were just over. So this is this is what's called a uh, retardant. It's it's an LC mm-hmm. liquid concentrate. So when your mom washes clothes mm-hmm. and she adds the soap into the washer, it's yeah. it's more concentrated. Back when I was a kid, you had to add a whole bunch of liquid to it. But now they've made it so it's more concentrated down. That's basically what this is. It's really concentrated. So we have to add water to it to make it make it come out of the airplane right because if we put this in the airplane the way it is it wouldn't do anything oh so, wow. so yeah 
Then I'll show you the mixing plant on the front side. So what made you start doing podcasts? Um, well, there was another um, podcaster that was at the time a bit older than me that made podcasts about dinosaurs and prehistoric things. Oh, okay. It was called Aaron's World. All right. And that inspired me to want to do a po- oh. make a podcast. Okay. Well, that's pretty slick, man. And so I've been doing it for four years now. Four years? Man, so you started when you were how old? Seven. That's pretty good. So this is that same thing I was showing you, except it's powered up. Uh, the micro motion meter. Clip that back. So, well, the person that sets here is mm-hmm. called the mix master. So, these are the three retardant tanks and then the water tank. Here at the base, we have two pits. Um, that's what we call the loading pits. So, this is pit one, and up here is pit two. We can only load one at a time. We can't do them both at the same time. And uh, yeah, that's about there. All there is to it. I wish we were busy. It's actually a lot more interesting when we're busy. But but with us not being busy, it gives you a chance to actually look at the airplane and talk to the pilots, too. Yeah. So, so you want me to see if one of those, is, one of those guys is uh, free and you can look at the airplanes? Sure. Cool. Let's go talk to one of them and see what we can do. Take a look inside the airplane. Sure. Okay. Well, let me get the door open here first. What's the hardest thing about, like, actually aiming and dropping the retardant? When you're dropping in wind, having to guess how much the the retardant is going to slide to one side or the other, or whether you have to drop early or late in order to, because that wind is going to push the retardant mm-hmm. into a certain area, and you want to anticipate that. Well, what's, like, the most easiest thing about it? What's the easiest thing? Yeah, about dropping the retardant. I don't know. There's not a whole lot that's easy about it. I can't really think of anything that's really... It's all pretty pretty hard stuff. How old are these aircrafts? Uh, they can be anywhere from... Some of them are brand new in our company, and some of them are, oh, maybe 10 years old, 10, 15 years old. Are any of them fly-by-wire, or is like this one fly-by-wire? No, everything is mechanical. You can see this is the throttle right here, and you can see it pushes on these rods. Everything's mechanical motion. All this is the, mm-hmm. the stick. That goes down into the floor, and it's all mechanical connections that run out to the ailerons and to the elevator. And what about this the ca- these two cables right here? These two cables are for the rudder, the rudder pedals. So, so I push on this. As a cable for it? Um, no, the, there's also some cables and push rods that go out that go out into the wings, but mostly push rods. What's, like, is it really complicated to be flying this? There's a lot going on. You're uh, talking on several radios. If you pick that little yellow Whoops. cloth up, yep, in there, grab the other one. Those are the radios that we have to operate. Oh, wow. So we, we could be talking to as many as three people at one time on, th- on three different radios. And when you're flying low to the ground and you're having to talk to a lot of people on the radio, it can start to get pretty complicated. So you have to really be able to divide your time and concentrate on flying the aircraft 
and then communicating and getting your point across and what you need to say. What's this for? That's for holding an iPad. We have a computer program that will help us with how much retardant we can put on so we're not mm -hmm. too heavy. It kind of determines the helps determine the performance and how the airplane's going to fly depending mm -hmm. on how much retardant we put in. And then also has a navigational feature on it as well. What's like the simplest thing about this aircraft? The simplest? Yeah. I would say the control surfaces, everything you've pointed out. That's how basic everything is. Just cables pulling on a lever back there, making the rudder move back and forth. Or when you pull back on this, it's push rods that's making the elevator go up and down. It's very, very basic, very simple. Is it, when it's empty, is it really hard to fly the plane? Um, no, it's actually when it's very heavy, it's a little bit more difficult because the, cause the aircraft weighs so much mm -hmm. and you only have so much horsepower you can use so the airplane can, can fly pretty close, uh, pretty pretty slow. It doesn't have a whole lot of power to, to climb to climb quick. It's like if you're in a car that's really, really heavy going up a hill or like when you try to climb your uh, on your bike and you try to go up a hill, how it gets real hard. Yeah. yeah. Now put a put a backpack with heavy books in it. Makes it harder. Is like it really fun to fly when it's empty? Yes, there's a because it's it's very fast, very agile. It can move around quickly. What's the biggest fire you've been to? Hmm. Well, there's been a couple of big. Uh, whenever a, a few small fires merge together and turn into one big, they get all the complex. Some of the fires you probably heard about on the news around Montana, mm -hmm. Helena, and Missoula. It's one of those fires there we've been up on. They've been hundreds of thousands of acres. Wow. Is this the um, biggest plane you've ever flown? No. This is one of the smaller ones. I've flown a smoke jumper aircraft called a Twin Otter, which is a little bit bigger. Um, I've flown a, a Casa 212, which is a twin turbine aircraft. You've probably seen some military movies. Mm -hmm. A little bit of time in a C-130. You've probably seen those in yeah. military movies a bunch. Yeah. So that's pretty much the biggest aircraft that I've taken the controls at. Uh, is, like, have you ever flown a Cessna? Yep, I, I learned in a Cessna. A lot of people, most people end up learning in small mm -hmm. Cessnas. It's a good trainer airplane. What's, like, the hardest thing about this aircraft? Flying the aircraft while it's heavy, low to the ground, and managing all the communication that I need to. Is it, does it get confusing trying to figure out on like what all the controls are for? No, not so much that. The the hardest the hardest part is is just keeping the aircraft safe when you're flying that low to the ground and when you're mm. very heavy. It's dangerous. What did you do before you fl flew planes? Before I flew planes, I went mm -hmm. to I went to school to fly planes. I got out of high school and went to a college just to fly airplanes. Oh wow! Yeah. So that's all you've done? That's all I've done. Have you ever done anything that wasn't related to firefighting? Well, I was a skydiving instructor for almost 20 years. That's how I met my wife. Before that, it was kind of working in restaurants and stuff like stuff like that. Just small around-the-town jobs. Hmm. What's this? That is a light. Huh. Yep, you can turn red for if you're flying at night and you turn on the red light. Helps your night vision. Exactly. Helps your night vision. You don't want to burn out your night vision. Does this plane have any like lights that aren't on just a regular plane? No, they're pretty much the same. They probably have a little bit more landing lights and powerful lights than a plane. Other planes of this size, they have two in the nose and and some lights in the wings also. 
So it can be a very, very bright, bright mm -hmm. landing scenario. So you don't, there's no like extra lights to show to other planes that you are a uh, fire plane? Um, in the nose we have uh, two white lights that flash on and off. One, one comes on and the other one goes off. They flash alternately. Mm. And okay. most planes don't have that? A lot of planes don't have that, but everyone uses it when you're in the when you're in the fire community, when you're flying um. in the fire community. You ready to come out? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming over, Malachi. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> What's this? Oh, that's a, a chest pack, a radio pack. So you can see I'm wearing a headset there. So when we're on the ramp. We have radios to talk to the pilots, so, so we want to be able to talk to the pilots while they're taxiing around and kind of talk to each other and know what's going on. So when I'm on the ramp, I'll have this on so I can talk to them, and then the red button lets me transmit to them. Some guys, I like this, but some guys will put them in their pockets and all that stuff. So, yeah. And is that yellow shirt just like... That's that's what's called Nomex. So Nomex is fire retardant clothing. Mm -hmm. So when you're on the fire line, actually fighting fires, the guys on the ground. Smoke jumpers. Yeah, smoke jumpers. Yeah, they have to wear this and they have to wear fire retardant pants, and then that lets them get a little bit closer to the fire without their clothes burning. So, mm. so yeah. So I I do a little bit of burning every once in a while, not much, but. The one thing you got to remember about the planes and the fire retardant is we don't actually put the fire out. We're just slowing it down. Yeah. Yeah. And something actually pretty interesting about retardant that I forgot to tell you is the, uh, so when we drop the fire retardant out of the airplanes, it goes out in this line and coats all the fuels. Well, after the water dries out of it, it's still effective for up to 48 hours. So it, it even even dry, it works really well. And what it does is the fire will burn up to it and it slows down. Sometimes it'll go out, but not always. And we can't count on that, so we have to have these guys in the yellow shirts to go and make sure that it's out before we can say that it's out. So really all we're doing with these airplanes is we're buying time for the firefighters to get in front of it. And Or if you've got a home... I'm sorry? Or like control it. Yeah, yep, get in front and control it. Or sometimes when there's big fires, like the big one that was in Netherland last year, we were dropping around houses because we couldn't get in front of the fire. It was just so big and moving so fast, we would drop around houses so that when it would burn up to the house, it would slow down, the house wouldn't burn. So sometimes when people, their, their house would be red, they'll give me a call, why is my house red? Well, because it's still there. So, so yeah. So we do our best to, you know, we can use these planes to control the fire or to help protect people's homes. That's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. I had a lady call me and say uh, uh, that she got some retardant on her dog as her dog going to die. And I was like, no, it's just salt. <laughs> really all it is. So, you know, it'll burn your eyes. And, uh, you know, we, we try to keep away from water because some of the stuff inside a retardant, if you get it in the waterways, um, it can hurt fish, so we try to keep it pretty far away from water if we can, like a, a river. Or something. And like it goes up, the fire goes up the water. It's probably not going to do much. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Because it's already water. So, yeah. But sometimes we'll anchor off of a stream and things because we know the fire won't burn across the stream if it's not too big. So, yeah, there are all kinds of things that you get to do with with retardant to figure out if it'll work or not. Very good to meet you, Malachi. Come on out anytime, buddy. Mm -hmm. All right, man.
So long for now. This is Truck, and we'll see you at the next show.